0: Welcome to the Superman Confidential Podcast, the podcast all about Clark Kent and Lois Lane. I am Tom, your host, and again, a bunch of random news here to get into, nothing major but some, some neat things to get into in the comic book world, the TV world, and a little bit of movie stuff, which I will start with. So the Suicide Squad movie is out now, the sequel or soft reboot or whatever it is to the first Suicide Squad movie. Uh, and what that has to do with Superman is apparently Superman was considered to be in the Suicide Squad in early ideas from writer and director James Gunn. So he talked with Script Apart, and which is a podcast, I think. And he said, there was a time when I thought the Suicide Squad should fight Superman. At that time, there were a lot of questions like, who is Superman in the DCEU? Is this movie outside the DCEU? I just didn't want to deal with it all that much. So this is a situation where the continuity, the confusing, everything being up in the air with Superman in the movies uh, as a direct result of, or directly impacts, seeing Superman. Now, I don't know that I love this idea. First off, let's just address that. The Suicide Squad, Superman being in it and fighting the Suicide Squad. If they're going to go evil Superman or, you know, whether it be mind-controlled or whatever... And having to take on the Suicide Squad, that doesn't terribly excite me. I mean, obviously I would like to see more Superman in movies and everything. But I don't know how they could do this and it be a good look for Superman. Uh, The movie's called The Suicide Squad. I haven't seen the movie, but I'm assuming The Suicide Squad wins in the end. Even if a few of them die along the way. But they're the winners. So Superman's going to lose and he's going to be evil or whatever along the way. That's not really exciting uh, to me there are probably ways they could do that and have it work out for both parties. Uh, something creative. I actually think Lois and Clark working on something to expose that the suicide squad exists and investigating Waller and everything could be something cool. Uh, I, I don't think they would go that way in the suicide squad movie, but maybe Superman is working towards something. Maybe the suicide squad is working. Maybe they have conflicting goals and, he shuts down the Suicide Squad at one point, and then they come around and do it a different angle, a different angle and, and win the day. I don't know how exactly they could do that. That's a win-win for everyone. But, yeah, I think, again, if they're going to do evil Superman or Suicide Squad or fighting the Suicide Squad or whatever they did, that could be something cool that I would be more excited about, again, if there, were, there was an ongoing Superman movie franchise where you're not just seeing him turn bad or something like that you know this could even be something in the nightmare Zack Snyder's nightmare world the Suicide Squad has to take on Superman or whatever to do some mission and something like that you could see there are ways this could be cool um but yeah I don't think it was probably the right thing at the right time for Superman on film to be evil Superman and, and the Suicide Squad defeating him or or however they did that I think it's probably for the best that it didn't happen uh, and along with that, Gunn talked to IGN, and he said, Bloodsport is in prison for putting Superman into the ICU with a kryptonite bullet. Yes, the Suicide Squad is part of the DCEU, but I don't know which Superman it was because I don't cast the next Superman. So it could be Henry Cavill, it could be somebody else. It's whoever people decide on other than me. So, again, some uncertainty there with, and this is probably, I think, 2018, late 2018. I think he signed on for the Suicide Squad not long before the announcement that Henry Cavill wouldn't return, that 2018 report that we're now more than three years removed from. So, man, it's just crazy to me that that a a Superman movie could have been out if Gunn chose Superman instead of the Suicide Squad. It's still wild to see that, and it's still wild that Christopher McQuarrie pitched a Superman movie earlier in the year, and, and they said no, and then... Uh, James Gunn has a pretty good track record but Christopher McQuarrie's is great and more fitting of Superman but that is another conversation for another day. Um, but it shows here because they didn't have a Superman or didn't know if they had a Superman that he he wasn't even ultimately wasn't even really considered it looks like when Gunn got into the details um, I guess a good thing if Superman appeared it would have cemented Cavill further in this universe that he would be tougher to replace or reboot the same thing with the Shazam cameo that didn't happen if Cavill had appeared then and we don't know what happened behind the scenes what they were offering him what Cavill was trying to get done I always assumed he said he he would he would have been willing to do the Shazam cameo if he could get a commitment for a solo movie Uh, but that didn't happen so but if if Cavill had appeared it would have cemented him further in this universe now as it stands we're four years almost away from his last appearance in a movie. Not counting Zack Snyder's Justice League, but the last time he was in theaters was four years ago. Uh, the longer it gets away, the more uncertainty it is. I know We don't know for sure if he's going to appear ever again or anything like that. So it's just, man, it's crazy. All the moving parts that happens, uh, changing creatives and executives and how much that can... Even if they don't last long, how much of a lasting impact they can have on the Superman franchise. But moving on to animation, the Injustice movie trailer was released. It's not very long, and it looks like it's only showing very early scenes from the movie. I actually decided to read a little bit of the Injustice year one. It's a tough to read. I don't know if I can continue further. I think I read 17 or 18 issues, and they're short, the digital first ones. It's tough to read if you like Superman and want him to act anything like Superman. It It is really challenging to read. kind of makes you physically ill to try to get through, and I'm assuming that's what this movie is going to be. It seems faithful from what I've seen, and it looks like it, it might be... This trailer might only have the very early stuff setting up uh, what's going to happen in the movie. Like This could all be in the first 10 to 15 minutes for the most part, other than a few shots. So Justin Hartley's voice is kind of weird as Superman. I guess I'm not used to it as Superman. I'm used to him as, as other things. So that's a little strange. Combine that with a weird costume. it's probably a good thing that Superman looks and sounds a little off. I guess that's that's fitting with the story. We see a red-haired Lois Lane, which is from the comics. and I don't know if they show if she was red-haired, I think she was and they showed that in the, the video game it might be. Seeing that and seeing a dead Lois Lane, it's a, re- it's a reminder of how much Zack Snyder's nightmare future in the movies was inspired by Injustice. Close to where that story was going. throwing some dark side. Um, so it's just weird to see. Of course, rated R for bloody violence. I think it's 78 minutes from what I've seen. Uh, I can't say I'm terribly excited about this. Uh, just the Injustice concept as a whole. I didn't used to dislike it so much. It was more of a, okay, here's a weird gimmick to have DC superheroes go punchy punchy for a video game. Uh, Let's turn Superman and Wonder Woman a little unhinged and then we will just be able to see them punch each other. Uh, So as that, it was kind of harmless, but now that It is going more and more. It seems like every Superman adaptation has to address the injustice of it all. It's unfortunate because it's kind of bleeding into everything. So, like I said, there's three major... Arguably the three biggest Superman projects this year are all taking something from Injustice. Zack Snyder's Justice League. Obviously the Injustice animated movie and the Superman and Lois TV show, all three of those things are going to show the combination of dead Lois Lane plus evil Superman in some capacity. So it's, it's, it is frustrating. I guess it goes back to justice league unlimited and the justice Lords and maybe even things before that, but yeah, the last 10 to 15 years or so of Superman, it seems like everything needs to address. Hey, Superman's a good guy, but what if he wasn't and how easy, how easily could he be changed? And, and all of that. And reading the Injustice comics, which I had heard better explained Superman's position. I haven't got that so far. It doesn't make it any better what he does in the game or presumably this movie. I am curious to see how they address that. How they how much of the Injustice Year 1 comics they, they adapt and how much of it is from the video game. I, I do hope they have the video game ending. That seems the best possible option for this. Uh, but I won't spoil that in case you don't know what happened there. But, yeah, uh, we will see on this. It's going to release October 19th on 4K Blu-ray and digital. Cool that they're doing them all on the same day. I always dislike when the digital is out there for two or three weeks beforehand, and then you have to decide by digital or wait for the, the physical, because I like the physical and it has a digital code with it. So uh, that is good to see. And that's going to be an expensive day. We'll get into more Superman stuff later, but several projects coming out that day. Other animated stuff, actor, podcaster, comedian, I don't know what else he does. Mark Maron has announced he is going to be voicing Lex Luthor in DC's League of Super Pets, the animated movie that is due out next May, I believe. So he will be Lex Luthor, he said on his WTF with Mark Maron podcast. Don't know how big of a role or anything like that Lex will have in it, but cool to, to hear that Lex Luthor is going to be in it. I don't know how they're going to do that, and if he's a comedian, I don't know... If it's going to be a, a more jokey, maybe Gene Hackman inspired, or maybe it's Jesse Eisenberg inspired, I don't know how they'll be going with that. No, but it's, Superman's got to be in this, right? I mean, you have to assume Superman will be involved. If Lex is going to be there and the main character is Crypto, have to assume Superman's going to be involved in some capacity, even if it's just to say, hey, Crypto, watch over Earth while I go off-world. I don't know. So yeah, something to to look forward to there. On to some TV stuff here. Lois and Clark: The New Adventures of Superman has been made available on HBO Max, and it is in HD. This is pretty cool. I uh, I got H. I signed into HBO Max, which you can do even without an account, and I saw it said HD there for Lois and Clark. So I re-upped for another month. I had one month for Zack Snyder's Justice League. I got another another month for this for Lois and Clark to see what it looked like in HD. Uh, it looks similar to what they did with the, the Babylon 5 remaster that was announced earlier this year in that most scenes were rescanned and effects shots are just upscaled. So I guess I can get the, the little nitpicks out of the way first. Like I said, the, it looks like the effects shots are just upscaled, so they didn't want to do anything with any green screen work, any special effects work. They would essentially have to redo those from scratch and that would incur a cost. So if you see Superman flying, and there's a green screen background, you would have to redo that, get the original of Dean Cain in front of a green screen, redo the background. I'm not a special effects guy, I don't know what I'm talking about. But essentially, you'd have to redo that from scratch. And so they chose not to do that. Uh, Similar thing there, I know at least the pilot was shot in 16 by 9 widescreen, you can see footage of that on the DVD, the original comic-con presentation back in 1993 you can see that but it's cropped for three for the old tube tv style uh similar thing there i bet they would have to i don't know if they filmed all of it but i know they at least filmed the pilot in widescreen but they're not released in widescreen like some shows have friends has widescreen option available now but they don't have special effects which is again goes back to the effects they would have to recreate those in sixteen by nine instead of four by three, which they were originally created for. So, that's presumably why they didn't do that. So, those little things aside, I guess they decided um, a Star Trek show, for example, a few years back, re- redid all of their effects, made them from scratch. It might have been the Next Generations or something. Doesn't matter. But the the Blu-rays didn't sell as well as they had hoped. So it's unlikely they were going to do that for the other shows. Um, so I'm guessing that's why here they don't go back and incur the expense of redoing the effects. They have to look at it as how much are they, how many how many more subscriptions to HBO Max, or how much more are we going to sell of Lois and Clark in the next couple of years? I think long term it would be worth it for them to redo the effects. You know, just rebuild the effects in HD, but. Uh, it might take a while for them to regain that money, so I understand why they wouldn't. So those nitpicks aside, this show looks great. Uh, It looks really good. I'm guessing they re-scanned all the the regular stuff. There's not a ton of effect shots in Lois and Clark. It is, I don't know, 90 to 95% just people standing around and talking, so there's not a ton of Superman in action. It's very Lois and Clark heavy, so you don't have a ton of stuff that needs effects so most of it looks really great with the new remaster the effect shots aren't are upscaled like i said so they don't really look great they can look a little fuzzy they do look better than the dvd quality for instance so it looks good everything else looks really good for that and it is just the the actual effects shots that are upscaled so not like the whole scene just the individual shots So, like, there's the shot in the pilot, or the scene in the pilot where Clark is in that motel that he he gets, and he floats up to fix the light bulb that is flickering. Well, it shows everything looks great in that scene, except for the few seconds where they cut to him flying up, fixing the light bulb, and then flying back down. So, everything looks good there. It looks really clear. You can see Lane Smith's wrinkles as perry white you can see everything looks good looks like they color corrected it so it it looks more vibrant i recently finished a rewatch and it looked earlier this year i hadn't planned on watching lois and clark for a while because i finished rewatch earlier this year and it looked not great so the smallville coming to blu-ray is really cool and that's going to have a nice upgrade from dvd to blu-ray but lois and clark is almost vhs quality it isn't really not good especially if you watch some of the digital streams on Vudu or whatever, it's it's not good for DVD quality. So it jumping up, it's almost like going from VHS to Blu-ray, looking at the quality here. So the colors, everything looks more real, more lifelike. The blue on Dean Cain's suit actually looks a little more blue than the darker colors. Everything looks really nice. So I want to, <laughs> I kind of want to watch this again because of how good it looks. I jumped around to a few episodes. I ended up watching the whole pilot. It looks good. and I'm excited about this uh, and... Yeah, I always want to see the Superman stuff in the best quality possible, like I always say. So no word on a Blu-ray or digital HD release yet. Hopefully that's coming soon. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about this Lois and Clark remaster. I think it needed it. Speaking of a remaster, Superman the Animated Series, the complete series, is coming to Blu-ray officially. It had appeared on HBO Max earlier this year in HD for the first time, and this is going to be fully remastered. Just after the uh, 25th anniversary that we just crossed. So there's a new Superman Timeless Icon featurette. But I don't think all of the DVD bonus features are coming to Blu-ray. If there's one negative here. But I am excited to see this fully remastered. I haven't watched the HBO Max stuff yet to see how much better it looks. Uh, But I think this is a really great show obviously. And in need of a remaster and rest of the quality stuff. So that's really cool. It's going to release sometime in October. The press release initially said October 12th, but all of the digital online retailers I've seen are now saying October 19th, uh, which would match up with Smallville, Superman and Lois Season 1, and Injustice. So I'm guessing that's why it pushed back. That is going to be an expensive day if you are looking to get all of those things. I understand if people do not. I kind of decided a while back, if you do not buy... Superman stuff, when when WB puts it out, they will not put it out. They'll just stop putting it out. So this stuff, it's tempting to wait and see, well, will there be a Black Friday deal or anything like that? But I've pre-ordered all of it, as expensive as that is, because I want WB, WB to know there's a demand for Superman stuff. And I'm like excited and looking forward to seeing all this stuff in, in better quality. DC Fandom is going to be... October 16th, there's a little poster and trailer. doesn't look like a ton of Superman stuff. Hopefully they will have a few things there. Obviously there's going to be some Superman and Lois stuff as they look forward to Season 2. It's on the actual 20th anniversary of Smallville, and right before all of this, Superman stuff releases on Blu-ray. So you'd think there'd be more stuff for it, but obviously they're going to promote all the movies and TV shows, and there's nothing really imminent for Superman, unfortunately. So... Maybe a Super Pets trailer and a little bit of Superman and Lois preview for season two. But I don't know what else we can expect as Superman fans. Let's go on to some comic book stuff. A six-issue World of Krypton miniseries was announced by DC. It's gonna be written by Robert Menditti, he of Superman Man of Tomorrow, and the new Superman 78 comic, art by Michael Avon Oming. The description is, when a catastrophic event befalls Krypton's natural world, it points towards a mass extinction in the making. Jor-El, head of Krypton's revered science council, embarks on a mission to save a world that may already have passed the point of no return. The six-issue miniseries shines a new light on the famous characters of Krypton's past, including Jor-El, General Druzad, and even a young Kara Zor-El. world of Krypton combines action, cosmic wonder, and political intrigue in a story as much about our world as the one on the page. So the first issue will re- release December 7th. This sounds pretty cool. I'm willing to give any Superman related things that Robert Venditti does a chance until he proves me wrong. Uh, I'm a big fan of his, what little work of his we've seen in the world. I am a little sick of Zod and Kara and all of, uh, uh, of seeing so many Kryptonians, but seeing them on Krypton, I like a lot more than seeing them on Earth. So on Krypton before the destruction is pretty cool. I think we might see a young Kal and a crypto even. So it sounds neat. I'm looking forward to this. Could be something I'm definitely interested in checking out. It almost sounds like this is what the Krypton TV show, as much as I like that show, it almost sounds like this is what that should have been. This pitch there. Uh, it's always a curious choice to focus on Kal grandpa instead of names at the. People in the sci fi world know a little bit better, like Doral and Druzad, Zod, and more towards the end of Krypton's days than a couple hundred years beforehand. But I, I like Krypton. I enjoyed the show very much. I do wonder, though, if it would have lasted longer if they'd focused on more well known characters. Characters they eventually kind of got to in the show, but it took a handful of episodes to start introducing them. Another series, Dark Knights of Steel, which is going to be a 12 issue series, has been announced. It's going to be an alternate universe fantasy series, kind of Game of Thrones-inspired. Uh, from Entertainment Weekly, it says, written by Tom Taylor, with art by Yasmin Putri, Dark Knights of Steel takes place in the new DC medieval fantasy world where Batman isn't even the only familiar resident. The world will be changed when a spaceship crash lands from a doomed planet. But what seems like the end of the world for many is only the beginning of this story. So yes, Superman and Wonder Woman will also be part of this, along with Harley Quinn, Black Lightning, and more. And this is going to begin in November. I have no idea what to expect from this. Uh, maybe when we get closer, I uh, will look into it and it might be something I'm interested in. Might not. I'm in general, a little sick of alternate reality else worlds type stories. Uh, but perhaps this will hit that sweet spot of a story you obviously can't do in the main continuity, but is still true to the characters. So if Superman still kind of acts like Superman in this, it, it might be interested. It is impressive. Um, to build out a whole world like this, it seems like Tom Taylor's been working on that for a while, um, and it could be interesting. Uh, it's weird. It's 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 a weird thing uh, in general that they would <laughs> they do this um, with DC. So I, I have no doubt that it'll be popular. He's done a lot of non-continuity things like this that have been popular. Curious. I know. I keep hearing that Tom Taylor's such a big Superman fan. I wish he got to actually write Superman as Superman and not. This, either writing this Dark Knights of Steel, Injustice, or Superman's Son, that kind of stuff. I wonder what he would actually do with a full-on Superman series, but maybe that'll never happen. I don't know. But this is this is something I, I don't know that I'm definitely going to check out, but I am somewhat intrigued enough by the premise to uh, to maybe find out more once it gets closer to release date. In terms of comic book awards, the 2021 Eisner Award winners have been announced, and Superman had a couple things represented. Superman's Pal Jimmy Olsen by Matt Fraction and Steve Lieber won Best Limited Series and Best Humor Publication. That's pretty cool to see. I finally read this series, this 12-issue series, and I thought it was pretty good. It's weird, um, which is fitting for a a Jimmy Olsen-centered story. And it, it came at a weird time in Superman's continuity. But I mostly liked it, I think, and I really liked a lot of it. It is tough for me to get into comedy, comics, because I think I'm just a bad reader. Uh, it, so much of the comedy relies on the timing uh, of how you interpret it, and it, it sometimes can be tough to do from page. But once you kind of get in that mindset of the comedy, I I quite enjoyed it more once I figured out what they were going for for the humor and stuff. And it's some really weird Jimmy Olsen stuff, but I think it's worth checking out uh, if you're a fan of Jimmy. And also Superman as the Clan, adapted by Jean-Lynn Yang and Gurihuri, uh, which is a name I wish I could learn how to pronounce. one Best Adaptation from Another Medium. Obviously it was adapted from the 40s radio serial. And I've talked several times about how much I love Superman as the clan, so I don't need to get into that here, but cool to see Superman winning a couple awards. Superman represented there. Lastly, the last thing I wanted to do today, Superman 78, number one, is out. I don't want to get into spoilers or anything, but I will give a little mini-review because I was looking forward to this so much. It is just an intro to the story, so like I said, I won't get into that. Uh, Looking at a six-issue series, especially when it's kind of telling a movie story in comic book form, six issues is basically like the first 20 minutes of a movie. So I can't judge the story or tell you where it's going or anything like that. There's some intriguing stuff there that I'm curious to see, but I don't know that I'll what I'll think of the story until I get into it a little more, or to the end, in fact. But the characters, all the characters that are in the first issue from the Christopher Reeve Superman series are very much in character. The writing and the art very much feels like it is in that world. It feels like it could be a missing movie from that era yeah it just captures you right in and the characters are definitely the characters and I have to give credit to the team for doing that so I'm excited to see where it goes from here but if you are a fan of the Christopher Reeve movie series and Margot Kidder's Lois Lane and all that this is definitely something I would recommend checking out so far based on one issue and I'm definitely looking forward to getting number two here soon. Uh, and curious to see how it all turns out. So that is all I have for today. Thanks for listening and I'll be back soon.